Joins us from the Leon's Center in Kingston. Hello, Scott. John, what a day. Yeah. Big uh, big Saturday there in Kingston. Uh, tiebreakers, the 3-4, the 1-2 game. Uh, let's take this in chronological order of how it went down, Scott. Uh, start to finish? Yeah. Cool. I, right. I got here about the, <laughs> about the 8th end this morning at Okay. Uh, you know, sleeping is hard. <laughs> well, I'm, oh, just, oh I'm, I'm stunned by that. Uh, well, As talking is. The, uh, the eighth end is where one of the games ended, so let's start there. Uh, of course, we had four teams tied for fourth place at this crazy 2020 Briar. One of the games, Team Canada, the defending champion, Kevin Cooey, against Brad Jacobs and Northern Ontario. And uh, this game ended in the eighth end with a steal of three for Northern Ontario. They win 8-3, up 5-3 playing that end. And I, I think, Scott, that uh, really the eighth end is the key to this game. And it was really an example of where Kevin Cooey was this week. They were not at the standard that we've seen them, right? Both he and BJ are 77, 78% respectively in this game. Just a little bit off, and Cooey on his last one is is wide and rolls out, rolls out for a steal of three here. Yeah, just incredible, right? Like, not at all what you're expecting. Uh, I guess I must have lied because I, I was here to see this, so I probably arrived in the sixth or seventh, but uh, it was one of those stunning situations where we're up here on the media bench and all of a sudden it's like oh that game's over uh i guess we have to figure out who to talk to um yeah like really uncharacteristic mistakes for uh for team canada and kevin cooey this week uh he explained a bit after the game that you know they they just weren't sharp felt like they were always you know one down or tied you know near the end of the game it wasn't uh, they didn't have many dominating victories, right? And uh, you know the stress of playing all those close games uh, takes its toll over the week. So uh, pretty uncharacteristic for these guys. Uh, their their cheering section was dismantled immediately. <laughs> immediately, <laughs> uh, I took a picture of it uh, the other day. All the Canada flags everywhere, and uh, yeah, they were gone, uh, cleaned out by the time the afternoon game started. So, uh, it, tough week. These guys know who they are, though. Uh, more defending champions. Uh, I don't think we need to worry about them. They'll be back. Uh, great players. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have it and sometimes you don't. And this week, for as good as they were, they just didn't have it. And that hap- <laughs> happens sometimes. Happens to the best of them. I mean, Kevin Cooey, yeah, he's won four, but, you know, he's been to... A lot more than four. So, I mean, you're not going to win every time you go. So, just a week where they couldn't quite get to that level that we've seen them at before. And, you know, for everything that was going wrong for Brad Jacobs early in the week, 
you know, they're on a, they were on a roll coming into the game. They continued to be on a roll. They all shot in the high 80s or low 90s, with the exception of Brad himself, who was down at 83. But overall, I mean, you outshoot Kevin Cooey by seven percentage points as a team for the game. You're going to win most of those games, I think. And and it's it's one of those things where matchup wise, I think if you're Canada, you're probably would have preferred to play either Wildcard or Ontario in this game. But at the same time, you would so. have had to get through Northern Ontario anyway, so you might as well beat them. Might as well beat them when you can. But, uh, yeah, uh, Northern Ontario, we'll get to them, I'm sure, uh, play, playing like a bit of a buzzsaw towards the end of the week. So uh, a, a tough matchup either way. Yeah. But, so uh, uh, yeah, for a team that's struggling, not, not finding the precision shots, uh, a tough, tough matchup. Absolutely. So after the game, Scott, you were able to talk to both Kevin Cooey and Brad Jacobs in the media scrum area. So here's what the two of them had to say after that tiebreaker game. Well, we faced some pretty tough um, times. This is right up there for sure. But we're just trying to you know, take this thing one shot at a time and, and stay in the moment and, and enjoy this Briar journey. You know, we're it's Saturday afternoon and we're still in it and that's all we can ask for. Yeah, I think we still feel very confident. Um, we're very well aware of our capabilities and everybody's throwing the rock great and um, communicating well. I think everybody's very comfortable with the ice. Um, the ice surface is, is awesome. It, it, it's gonna make for a lot of great curling over the next two days here. And uh, there's no excuses, the ice is awesome. Got off to a decent start. I mean, that one of mine picked, we could have had a force early. Instead, we give up a deuce, but you know, we bounced back, got a deuce, and then uh, got a force, so we're back where we need to be. But uh, you know, we were just we just weren't leading enough this week. It just seemed you know, we were always tied or one down. You know, those were the good games to keep it close, so it just didn't uh, didn't play good enough. And so, you know, it's that it's easy to you know, it was going to be tough for us to win in, in that form. So Kevin Cooey obviously sounding a little bit uh, disappointed there. I think that's understandable, but also resigned. I mean, I think that's a very uh, level-headed perspective that Kevin Cooey had after that game. Well, Sean, that's it. That's the thing about Kevin Cooey, right? It's hard to tell when he's excited and when he's not. Yeah. Uh, so you'd expect him to have a you know a really measured response uh, to to how they played uh, this week. So uh, yeah. Yep. So elsewhere on the ice this morning was Team Ontario against Wildcard and Mike McEwen and his team. And uh, going down to the wire here, Scott, uh, they exchanged deuces back and forth through the course of this game. Ontario gets to in the ninth end to take a 7-5 to lead. Mike McEwen, though, Scott, has a shot to win the game on his last one. He has a double that is there to win they are unable to make the shot in part because they ran out of time mike McEwen on his last one was unable to go down to the house to look at it right he had just had to be in the hack and throw that is not a great position for him to be in no no uh obviously you'd like to have more time to reset on shots like that uh, you you know, uh, you could say, was it a bad use of their time earlier in the game? I mean, yes. who knows, right? The, no, the answer is yes. Uh, oh, the answer. Okay, the answer is yes. Uh, 
And and yeah, for him to not have the time to really focus and throw it. Uh, when I talked to him after the game, he said it was just a bit soft on that release. Like uh, it looked to me like he was narrow, but I was sort of off to the side uh, during the shot, and I couldn't see exactly how much it missed the back one by. But you're right, it was there for three, and yeah. uh, like the the for a team to have played so well all week, uh, it was mentioned every one of their players was either first or second team all star. Uh, that that's like crushing a crushing way to go out in this event after you know you held your fate in your own hands getting in seven and two on friday uh and then dropping both of those games to be forced into this tie break yeah so you you mentioned that he was uh, that mike McEwen mentioned afterwards he thought it was a little soft on it you talked to him after the game and here are his comments after the loss to team ontario how much did that did you miss that that rock by it's something was a uh, yeah, I was at the other end. I'm not sure. It was probably not by much. Um, you know, a matter of, I don't know, quarter inch at the top. Did you I think, guess. Did, when you released it, did you think you were a little narrow? Or did you... I was a little gentle with it. Yeah. I didn't have much time to think. Tell us about that <laughs> so, because you were, you, you, there was no discussion. I mean, the, the, obviously, the level was there, but you were already at the other end. What's that, what's that moment like? Uh, I mean, it's not ideal. You don't, you don't have the same you know, pre-shot and visualization as you would have liked. Um, so, yeah, it, it is what it is. Uh, it's not ideal circumstances to, to throw that type of shot. So would you say the clock was a big factor then in the last end? Well, um, for, for that shot, it was, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, I would be lying if I said it wasn't. So, I mean... Sometimes you make them under those circumstances and then you shrug it off like it was nothing. But, uh, yeah, obviously a, a shot to win a game like that, I would have liked to have a few more, you know, even another 20 seconds on the clock so I could have had time to skate down and then throw it. What's your impressions? What's your takeaway from this, Mike? I mean, you guys had a real good week. The numbers were good. Just a little bit of uh, misfortune at the end of the week. Yeah, um, you know, we lost probably... Out of out of the losses, we lost two that really, you know, should have gone our way and would have changed our week. Obviously, you know, making the final four, so that was kind of tough to take that. Uh, but uh, you know, even though I had a shot to win there, I thought John, you know, John and team outplayed us. There's no doubt about that. Um, and I, you know, personally, I I was able to make some some saviors to keep us in that game and almost. And as it turned out, had one to win. Um, but uh, you know, John's team played great there. Um, we 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 didn't capitalize on a couple opportunities to you know get us to eight and three or, or whatever to straight in. Uh, that you know, you, you probably when you look back on it, you need some of those things to happen to have a really good week here. You guys are you guys are always building. I know last year would have been, would have been maybe one step, and this is a, another step. I mean, how do you? Season isn't over, but how do you kind of rate the way things are progressing with this team in this four-year cycle? Yeah, like we're we're throwing some high numbers, as as, as you mentioned. All of us were in the top two in our positions. Um, we just, uh, you know, it's it's not always just about throwing up high numbers. There's some things we still got to clean up, but uh, just you know. That part of our game was, was not there before, so that really bodes well. But, 
you know, there's the finer things that we still, uh, are still biting us because we're, uh, you know, we're just not quite closing out a couple opportunities that uh, when you're really clicking and things are fine-tuned that, you know, that I think that comes a little bit easier. So, Scott, the one thing that I think is really interesting about what Mike McEwen said after that game is that they still had stuff to work on. And what I really noticed is in this type of situation, we, we talked about it last night with Saskatchewan to see how they would respond. Didn't quite think it'd be as much of an issue with this team. But, again, that front end really likes to talk. And as impressed as I've been with Reed Carruthers, Scott, I think he is going to have to be the one to shut down these conversations early in the game to not put Mike McEwen in this position late in the game. And not just Mike McEwen, the whole team was rushing late in the game. So mm -hmm. if we can get to the point with this team where they're consistently efficient with their discussions. I mean, the first end, the second end, you don't need five-minute discussions. And that's an exaggeration, of course. But, you know, you can allow the skip to play their game, get into it, bank some time early, and mm -hmm. that will allow more space for the discussion later. And I really do think this is going to come down to Reed Carruthers. They, this week was a massive improvement over last year for this team, not just in results, but in the dynamic on the team, the way they conducted themselves, the way they interacted, it was like 180 degrees. You could barely recognize that this was the same team that was wearing the Manitoba jerseys last year. I, and I, I, I was dead wrong. I did not think that they would be able to do it, especially after what we saw in the Manitoba final. If they yeah, can continue no. that trajectory, that type of improvement in the team dynamic, they could win this event at some point. Yeah, like, obviously, they, they've got all the skills, right? And when we talked to Colin Hodgson earlier in the week, he, he talked about how Mike was in one of the best places he's ever seen him mm -hmm. uh, as a thrower. And, and Mike is one of the most talented throwers in the country. But as we heard Brad Gushu talk about a few years ago when you talked to him, the difference at this level is consistency of the skips. And right now, McEwen is not as consistent as he needs to be to, like, throughout an event like this to reach the top of the podium. But the thing is, he recognizes it, they know it, and it, it's going to come sometime. I think so. Yeah, yeah it, it sort of has to. Like, you're, they're kind of too good to not be able to put it together. I mean, but I would have said that about the old Mike McEwen team, too. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, you would have said that about the old guys, but I don't know, It's there's I, I feel like this combination, there is some secret sauce there, there is some magic in it, but it is all about the headspace of, of Mike McEwen. Yeah, and, and they have uh, to keep getting better. They, they can't yeah. stop at this. No, 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 and you know, they've got a lot to learn, like you said, uh, they're, they're growing, and as long as the growth is still there, uh, and they don't stagnate the way that his old team seemed to yeah i i, I think the future is bright yeah i, I agree they uh, certainly are trending in the right direction now they, of course they didn't win because team ontario wins this game uh seven to six and uh, john epping continues his run as the hometown team and i, I don't know like john epping in this game at least you know they, they didn't it wasn't a feature game but, you know, just 
it, giving up opportunities, right? If you contrast it to say how Brad Gushu played up to without the hammer in the tenth end, like Northern Ontario never had a sniff. Whereas mm-hmm. here this uh, this morning, John Epping, like there's a shot for Mike McEwen to win, and yeah. it, it just these are those little things that continue to come up with John Epping that you know has has prevented him from winning the big one in the past it's just these little things here and there that, that come up and you're like really john Epping? and that 10th end i think was one of them for me yeah yeah for sure they didn't play that well it wasn't clean at all uh really uh, I, john Epping is either the best skip in the world or a very mediocre skip i don't think there's a lot of in between right with the way that he plays uh when we talked uh, when Ryan Fry decided to join the team, whether he would be able to steady that that John Epping uh, sort of up and down. And to a degree, I think the lows aren't quite as low, although we did see a 50% something game this week. But yeah, right, for right now, like we talked about with Mike McEwen, the consistency is not there. And I think for this team, Ontario, you know, first year together as a team, won the Canada Cup, shorter event, come here, they have their ups and downs. I mean, uh, you know, they won their first three and then dropped three. Yeah. And then and then uh, makes a big run to get into the tiebreak scenario. It, it's, it's sort of like, which team is this exactly? And I think they're still searching for that as well. Yeah, I agree that uh, it'll take a while for them to, truly figure it out you know they had a good run through the championship pool as you said going three and one and in, in games that they needed to win so you know no real criticism there where you have can be critical is those middle three uh that they lost yeah. right so new the the game to new brunswick is the big one that stands out losing to saskatchewan and wild card as well but uh mm-hmm. yeah just a, a an interesting Always interesting path for John Epping uh, throughout his career whenever he's in one of these events. Now you had a chance to get in and talk to him after this morning's game as well. So let's hear what Mike, uh, not Mike, what uh, John Epping had to say. Is this kind of your toughest daunting challenge of your career so far? Oh, yeah, for sure. But you know what? We're just uh, enjoying every second of it and, and getting a chance to keep playing in front of the, uh, the home crowd. What a, what a good draw out there for, uh, for a tiebreaker game. Morning, 9 a.m. Surprised we to see John or Mike rather miss that last one. That's yeah, shocking, team. shocking for sure. But he he was really low on time. He was already in the hack ready to throw, and and that probably affected him a bit. But uh, yeah, definitely surprised. You guys played well from start to finish today. There was not many misses out there. Yeah, we definitely controlled the game, and and we were uh, yeah, we definitely definitely felt like we controlled the game out there. All right, so a very upbeat John Epping after the morning draw, Scott. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, it's not the way that you want to win. But, eh, win's a win, and uh, you take what you can get, right? Yes, so uh, after the morning draw, we were down to six teams. As uh, <laughs> Wildcard and Canada could pack their bags, they were done. In the afternoon, a bit of a change with the normal schedule it would be. Typically, we would have the 3-4 page playoff game, but no, we couldn't do that because we didn't know who the four was going to be. So, right. Ontario, Northern Ontario played in the third tiebreaker as Saskatchewan and Alberta were played in the 1-2 game. I think TSN made the absolute right decision to have the 1-2 game be the feature game. 
Oh, really, Sean? Yeah, no question. Okay. Uh, interesting interesting uh, opinion. I don't think it was shared by many on Twitter. Yeah, I was surprised by that because whoever wins this game is in the final. You have to see how people make it to the final. I suppose, yes. Uh, you can't just be yes, like, oh, somebody's fair. in the final. How'd they get there? I don't know. Right? Uh, yeah. Whoever yeah, wins the other one, you're going to see later. Right? Well, one's an elimination game. Yeah. So? So? Uh, okay. Okay. So so that's your uh, uh, your opinion, which was shared by a few people, I think. Uh, if you, if you want to start there, uh, Matt Dunstone didn't make enough shots to bail his team out, and they lost. Yeah, I think the the one of the notes I took during this game was during that sixth end where he, at this point it's 3-1. Matt Dunstone has a double for two, and it's interesting. He goes down to the hack. He's, he's in the hack. He asks for more ice in the hack. Muscawi gives him more ice right out of his hand. They were pounding it the whole way. Uh, yeah. It's sort of a nose double, uh, sort of run back double. It overcurls and it stuffs. So the one he raises back hits the other Alberta Stone and just stays right there. The shooter rolls away. It's a, a hit for one uh, or a steal of one. Excuse me. I was really surprised that he missed it that way, Scott. Especially because he asked for more ice, and mm. it wasn't a line situation, like a line call situation. Right out of his hand, they were screaming. He, yeah, he was narrow. He, he, yeah, he clearly missed this one uh, in a way that we haven't seen him miss all week. No, no, and I was sitting right behind the sheet that this was on, Sean, and uh, as he as he slid out, you were like, you could see, oh yeah, he's narrow, <laughs> and uh, just like the absolute worst way to hit it, uh, not not what you want to see, especially in a situation where they had the chance to tie right there, and it wasn't like Alberta it blew them out of the water, uh, they didn't have their best stuff today either, I didn't think, so. A real missed opportunity uh, for Dunstone there, and again, like we look at the, the shooting percentages, but it, the, what really comes down to is when you miss versus the number of misses that you have. So, uh, yeah, some some misses at unfortunate times there, and uh, we saw it again, sort of uh, missing his last, and I think Alberta got a count of four, yes, uh, with, with Hammer, but. But to their credit, right, they did scratch back and get to within one point. In the yeah, last well, end. I don't know. So I, I, I was really curious about how Brennan Botcher played the ninth end. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at this point or at that point of the game, he's up five to two. Yeah. And Saskatchewan has the hammer. Brennan Botcher was very defensive uh, playing. Also in the eighth end, I thought they were extremely defensive, uh, just making sure that they could score. You know, peeling stuff out front, not wanting to mix it up at all. Same thing in the ninth end. He was super defensive, right? He was more than happy to give Team Saskatchewan two points in the ninth end and play the tenth end one up coming home. So, uh, with the hammer, and and I don't know mm -hmm. how much of the two is crediting Saskatchewan so much as it is Alberta not willing to engage at all and saying take the two we're not going to give you any snippet of three and that that i i understand the decision it makes a lot of sense if you're up one with the hammer playing the 10th end 
you're going to win something like 98% of the time. And I, so I totally get it. But if you're looking, if I'm Matt Dunstone in Team Saskatchewan looking at this, you know, I, I don't know how much that too was a product of us putting pressure on them so much as it was Alberta playing the scoreboard. Yeah, that that's a really fair comment to make. Uh, it it did seem from here that Brendan Botcher wanted no part of, uh, you know, trying to play something delicate to, to force. It was very happy to, you know, okay, fine, have your two, we'll have hammer, no big deal. Yeah. And they made it work. Yeah, they sure did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so with that, Team Alberta gets in to the final, third straight final, Scott, for Brendan Botcher. This will be the first time not playing in the semifinal, though. Yeah. Yeah, they will uh, avoid the fate of uh, having to play in the semifinal, so maybe that extra rest will be just the difference they need to prevail in this one as opposed to the last couple years. But uh, before that, they're going to have to uh, watch the semifinal to see who they'll face. And one of those participants, Saskatchewan we talked about, but the other was decided tonight in a game, Sean, that I will describe as uh the game of the year so far yeah. it was, it was i mean really as, good. well as, we didn't talk about the other tiebreaker at all was there anything from the other tiebreaker before we get to tonight what other tiebreaker did we not talk about we oh they talked uh, about ontario Ont northern ontario uh no this was a a case of <laughs> where john epping it was the not as good john epping right right and uh, northern ontario got multiples with the hammer and Epping wasn't able to uh, they brought in John Morris for the eighth end which I thought was pretty cool I like I sort of saw you know after they gave up the two and six you saw Fry sort of talking to John saying like oh you'll come in for me and I was like oh oh he's gonna have a John <laughs> Morris sighting and then I see he goes back he comes at back he's got his curling shoes on and I'm like oh boy this is this is gonna happen so at that point I figure they've decided like they're not going to win this game which fair enough and then they get sort of so they get their single in seven they have to play eight ends so Morris comes in for the eighth gets a big round of applause from the crowd uh, then they like accidentally <laughs> yeah. accidentally steal one that was the best like, part uh, like I guess we have to keep going because <laughs> it's only two points now and uh, yeah so so you know I got a lot of uh, questions about people saying oh what's wrong with Ryan Fry why is he out and my answer was he's out because they're done like right he, I saw him uh, run run under and and eat a quick donut <laughs> and everyone's like oh good enough you're done uh, it's like yeah I get to eat a donut now and uh yeah, I, it was a really fun experience for me, John Morris being one of my favorite players. Uh, and I, I went down and I talked to him a little bit, not really about him playing in the game today, but a bit about, you know, playing in Ontario, being from here, and what that's all about. Going there. Uh, first time wearing the Ontario jacket back at a Briar since uh, 2002. Uh, how did uh, stepping on the ice with the home crowd uh, make you feel that? Uh, you know what, I've... I think this is the best, uh, you know, Ontario Briar I've ever been at. Uh, just a, pretty much a packed house all week, and uh, 
great energy in there and uh, you know Kingston's just an awesome town and they really displayed it this week and I was really proud to be part of it. Right on, a lot of guys making a lot of shots out there. Uh, this Northern Ontario team, you know them, uh, you've been around, you've seen them play, uh, what do you think their chances are moving forward? Yeah, well they were pretty much the favorites coming in uh, to the week and they kind of struggled out of the gate slash, you know, just were on the wrong side of the inch a few times there. And, uh, you know, I think they've got just as good a chance as, as any. I've played against Brad uh, numerous times where he doesn't even come close to missing a shot. And he showed, uh, he, has, he has some special shots in the repertoire like he showed against us tonight. That angle raise for three was pretty much, a, 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 you know, a game changer for, for that game. So, yeah, I think that uh, I'd put him right up there with anyone else left in this field, and it should be a, a good show to the finisher. And uh, real quick, uh, how did you get hooked up with this team? I know they put on Twitter, hey, guess who our fifth is going to be, and everybody yeah. guessed you right away. So, uh... Uh, you know what, They've, uh, I've been friends with, uh, you know, I played juniors with, with uh, Brent and, and uh, you know, have a long history with him and played against Fry many years. We're, we've also been good friends on tour and and uh, have nothing but lots of respect for, for Matt Cam and John Epping. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, and, and the fact that the Briar was in Kingston. I knew, um, you know, it was kind of close to home. I'm from Ottawa, and I knew that it was going to be, I, I watched the Scotties here when Rachel was here, and it just seemed like a, just an awesome event. So it was one of those Briars that, uh, you know, if I have the opportunity to be part of it, I was, um, I was uh, you know, I was going to do that, and, and uh, especially if I could help these guys in any way, hopefully win a Briar. Um, wasn't the case this, this week, but I think uh, those guys got a lot of wins left in them. So. So uh, there's John Morris after his appearance this afternoon in the tiebreaker game. Again, Northern Ontario eliminates Ontario. And with that, Scott, we were down to four. Oh, it seems like uh, we'd come so far, yet still had so far to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We. Uh, so I, I mentioned earlier, I think it's the game of the year. That notwithstanding the fact that these two teams played Monday night. Yeah, wasn't their game was... Monday bad? I think their game Monday. Now, okay, I didn't see a lot of it. I saw the first half, and then I was convalescing for the second half. But I don't know. I mean, this game was uh, great. Well, don't get me wrong. This game was great. But, you know, the first think... two ends of Monday were, like, boncos. But I think the that like that's where you balance the, the boncosness of it. Um, that's a word. To... Tonight was just so well played that yeah. it seemed it seemed like uh, both teams were were really in a zone. Uh, Northern Ontario playing their third game of the day, like a near impossible situation for for most teams. Yep, these guys are of course probably in the best shape of any team out on tour. But, uh, you know, they were going shot for shot. And it was sort of like anything you can do, I can do better. Uh, really, really even game. And the force of Brad Gushu in the eighth was some pretty spectacular stuff. Yep. And just as spectacular as that was, the miss in the ninth to, to give him the steal was pretty bad. Uh he just sort of got it going and and uh couldn't it couldn't couldn't get uh, held by the sweepers so yeah i, I think too I, so i wrote down the end that i was the most interested by was the fifth end where mm-hmm. it's it's 2-2 at this point newfoundland has the hammer and mark kennedy tries a shot a thin double with two that are sort of 
on the right side, just outside. One's in the sort of top eight foot around the like 230 position. And then one right on the the T line, sort of right behind it to the left a little bit, basically at the three o'clock position. And then one of the Harnan brothers says, you know, if you play that thin double, it might roll over and get the stone that is at nine o'clock as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he whips it and he almost made it. That, it was so close. That I I was so impressed by that shot, by that attempt of it, especially because Mark Kennedy started to do a fist pump and then had to kind of stop when they didn't uh, <laughs> didn't get the rock at nine o'clock. But yeah. then on his second one, he plays a perfect corner freeze, and then Mark Nichols plays a perfect corner freeze right back, which allows Newfoundland and Labrador to get the the two there. But I was so impressed by the play of the two thirds in that fifth end that that like the first four ends were like, they were feeling each other out uh, mm-hmm. a little defensive, a, a little hesitant to mix it up. But that fifth end, I thought that's when the game really got going. Yeah, that was sort of, you're right. Uh, I tweeted that it was a bit cat and mouse at the beginning. Uh, both skips having to make good shots, but, but yeah, that fifth end, uh, you're right. Those freezes were just incredible. And, like, yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was very fun to be here in person to watch that. Yeah, and uh, then the hearing... seventh end too. I will say the seventh end was one of the better blanks I've seen. Oh yeah, yeah. They were playing like, out. They were playing freezes that were biting the outside edge of the twelve foot. And it was six feet of curl. Like, yeah, just just incredible skill, incredible touch, uh, great brushing. Uh, yeah, like all of the skill, every, everything was on display there tonight. Uh, I, I picked Northern Ontario to win yeah. at the start of this event. Uh, I think I was not alone in no. that assumption. Uh, they were one of the favorites, as uh, John Morris just said there. And I, I think they put themselves in a little bit too, too much uh, trouble both earlier in the week and, uh, you know, at, at times uh, yesterday and today. Yeah. And that was the difference, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, but you, you have a tough time. I think that in that ninth end where they were set up to score three, they they really were. Yeah. And, you know, Brad, J, Brad Gushu on his last one, you know, they looked for – they called the timeout pretty much to see if they were uh, second shot or not. and. Right. They decided, well, it doesn't matter. We're playing the same thing regardless. And he plays a, a beautiful hit and roll on a stone that's just behind the tee line, uh, just sort of around 8 o'clock, um, and makes a just, perfect roll. Yeah, incredible. Like, he'd tried it on his first, and they'd overswept it, and this one, no mistake. Like, you, you can't give him the same shot twice, I guess. But... Yeah, like just watching him make that shot and seeing him it, sort of from the hack end here, because uh, that was the ninth end, and he he sort of like, yeah, like giving his fist pump and and then doing his the sort of celebration, and then yeah, like <laughs> we saw this earlier today too. I think uh, uh, Brad Thiessen went to pee or something, and <laughs> it was his turn to throw, and he was not there, <laughs> so they they had to wait for him. Uh, yeah, weird thing about curling, eh? Like, you could drink so much water, I guess you have to pee. Yeah. Uh, but, 
yeah, when he made that shot, he knew. He knew he had it. Right. So just uh, just great. Yeah, really impressive. And then the same thing in the 10th end where he plays a rock on his, his last one. He's playing out to the 12 foot. He's playing on the outside of a corner guard to hit and roll on third shot rock. And Yeah, I I tweeted, John. I, I thought it was conceding a two. Uh, so did I. No, no. Yeah, right? But he makes but, a perfect but, roll, and, and Jacobs doesn't have a chance. No, no. And he, like, Jacobs couldn't throw too hard on that thin attempt because he needed his rock to stay, but he also had to get the opponent's rocks out. And, yeah, yeah like, uh, nearly impossible shot. So, yeah, uh, yeah with that, Sean, uh Newfoundland books their books their place into the semifinal. Into the semifinal, yeah. But I, I do want to say too. I mean, great shot making by Newfoundland and Labrador at the end there. You could see how tired Northern Ontario was too. EJ Harnden a couple times just backed off shots yeah. uh, at when he was sweeping, and, and you could hear Kennedy and Jacobs be like, "No, stay with it, stay with it." Uh, Ryan Harnden at the end too. There was one that he went post to post. I think Jacobs last or second to last one. And you could just tell that, like, there there wasn't much left there. I mean, full credit to them to make this game close. Uh, honestly, mm-hmm. when I went to bed last night, I would have thought that, you know, if I was setting a, a you know, a plus or a sort of a point spread, I would have put Newfoundland and Labrador by, like, four and a half on this. Just be- regardless of who it was, just because it's so hard to get into that game and to mm-hmm. be fresh. You know, it's nine hours of curling uh, over the course of, uh, you know, 13 hours today. That yeah. is just incredibly difficult. If it was like a fun spiel, forget about all the mental energy that is spent trying to figure out the angles and the pass and everything else that goes on with this. Full credit to Northern Ontario for keeping this game close and having a chance at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full credit, like you said. Uh, a, a tired is is one thing. There's the mentally tired part of it. There's also like those sweepers. They yeah. they give it their all every time. And uh, I know they train a lot. They're very in shape. But uh, you know, ten ends of curling three times, your your arms are about ready to fall off after that. Yes. So uh, certainly, uh, they're probably in the patch right now. Well, I saw a lot of uh, a lot of their kids hanging around, so there was a lot of uh, oh, I got to go see my kid, and then the kids would go oh, daddy, and run up, and uh, it was really sweet. And then they tried so, to pick them up, but they couldn't because their arms <laughs> were, were done. Yeah, so um, some quality time with the family, I'm sure tonight. Yes, they've certainly certainly earned that. Uh, but yes, yeah, so Newfoundland and Labrador and Brad Gushu move on. They will play Saskatchewan. Tomorrow in the semifinal at noon Eastern Daylight Time. Daylight uh, Time, yeah. yeah. So uh, do you think, Scott, this gives Newfoundland an advantage because they're used to changing the clocks? Sure. I think <laughs> I think that <laughs> Newfoundland sketch, Labrador... They don't do it. They might no, be like, right. what? We have to change the clock. What is this madness? Yeah, okay. Uh <laughs> Plus, Newfoundland and Labrador, every time they leave their their province, they're changing their watch by half an hour. Yeah. So uh, a lot of time changing for uh, the, the Newfoundland and Labrador team. Newfoundland, sorry, I, shouldn't, I should say it properly. 
yeah, I, I got to give you know Brad Gucci the advantage. Saskatchewan today playing the one-two game. Usually that would be a single sheeter, and you don't know how the Dunstone team would respond to playing single sheet. Right. Uh, you know, some experience with it, obviously, but not at a, an event like this. Uh, Brad Gushu, tons of experience with it. Uh, so I, I just have to give them the advantage going into this game. Uh, and I, I don't think I'd, I'm alone in that uh, sort of prediction. The crowd is also quite pro Gushu. Yes. Which we see everywhere. We do. Um, so, so yeah, just based on all that, I'm going to give the edge to Newfoundland Labrador. Yeah, Newfoundland I, Labrador. I, I think I'm with you on that, uh, that, that, that they'd certainly be the favorite going into this game. You know, Championship Sunday, Briar, first time for Dunstone to be in this position. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how they react to it, how they come out respond. I do think, Scott, though, having the schedule change and having the one-two game be this afternoon might help them. You know, they're gives them more time to come down off that loss. You know, Kingsbury's there. He's been so positive all week. Give Mm -hmm. them a chance, you know, hope, you know, have probably had a nice meal tonight as a team, a chance to relax and really reset. Whereas, you know, normally you would lose and then try to, to pretty much have to try to get to bed to get to sleep because you're playing earlier the next day. So that schedule change might give them a, a bit of a break compared to what they normally would have been or normally would have had. But, yeah, definitely Gushu is going to be the favorite going into the, that game. But, you know, as we've seen all week, just don't give Dunstone a, a shot in the 10th. Yeah. You know, if you're Brad yeah. Gushu, just don't give him that. Yeah, I think that's the way that Saskatchewan wins, is that Dunstone comes up with one or two big shots to bail his team out. So, you know, if, that, if he's able to do that, yeah. then then uh, look out, we might have a game. Absolutely. And then, of course, the winner will go on to play Brandon Botcher and Team Alberta in the final at 7 o'clock Sunday night, live from Kingston. Oh, but, it's going to be a really, beauty. Oh, but really 6 o'clock, so... Um, well, 7 yeah, o'clock my, uh, daylight time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. My so the, the Curling shot. Canada website is wrong. It says all times are in EST. Oh, but, dear. But uh, tomorrow, that's not the case. That's not the case. No. So uh, my plan tomorrow is to be here in the arena for the semifinal. Depending how everything goes, um, likely we'll get on the road, make it back to Ottawa, so uh, we can watch the final uh, together on TV and be able to, to drop some reactions instantly after the game yes so uh that will be the plan for tomorrow that uh, yeah scott will be in the arena tweeting up a storm uh as he's been doing all day today uh, during am that I, semi-final game and then am i uh, am i doing too much sean too as, much long tweeting? As, you, as long as you don't get us in twitter jail then we're good yeah no i think uh i think it's good i think we need to get uh some retweets from jill officer who follows us uh She's uh, she's given some likes to some of our tweets, which is cool. That's good. Uh, but uh, but yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. I uh, I also uh, saw uh, Mary and Lori today from the two girls in a game. So uh, she wanted. Uh, Lori said, "Oh, I I didn't change my mind in the hack for that shot <laughs> uh, during the during the Scotties there." 
And I said, okay, I'll, I'll issue a retraction. Uh, <laughs> because, but I think uh, that, that she said, oh, no, like, that was the shot all the way. So, okay, my bad. My bad. Hey, you know, but, sometimes uh, that happens. Yeah, yeah, but they're pretty popular around here. So any uh, any FaceTime I get is an extra bonus, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're certainly at the... We haven't made it to that level yet, Scott. Oh, uh, I don't know if we ever will, Sean. They're, uh, <laughs> they're rock stars over here. So They really are. Uh, they really are. Good, good times for everybody here uh, at the event so far today. Uh, I've seen some I, I hear there's some fergus curling club folks ah. uh in the patch right now so i might go uh stop by and try to say hi but uh my bed is calling sean all right well scott you've certainly earned it uh, earned a drink and earned a good night rest uh but of course everyone you're gonna have to sleep fast because we're losing an hour that's right we'll be back here in the arena in no time yeah i mean we'll get it back in you know november Cool. Just when I need more sleep. Yeah, you know, right when it gets, right when it's nice and uh, time to go to, you know, really cocoon yourself for the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the hibernation season, we'll get it back. But yeah, so uh, of course, if you are pretty much everywhere other than Saskatchewan, Scott, does anyone else not do it across the country? There are some parts of Al- of BC that okay. don't change. Uh, that go between Pacific and Mountain Time. And Yukon tomorrow will be their last time changes. They're shifting the clock forward and then we'll stay on Mountain Standard Time. Wow. Uh, when, the, when the clocks reverse back. Okay. Wow. Big day in Yukon. Yeah. Last clock change. Hmm. Exciting stuff. So, uh, yeah. So if you are somewhere where you're changing the clocks, don't forget the, game, the games will be on an hour earlier. Uh, tomorrow, uh, noon Eastern Daylight Time, tomorrow in 7 p.m. tomorrow night for Championship Sunday at the Briar. And, of course, we'll be there with you the whole way uh, tomorrow night after that final, talking about all the goings-on from Sunday. And Scott will be there in person for the semifinal at least. So do follow along on social media, at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Scott there, at Scott Likes TV. I'm at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And, of course, you can email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. And please do subscribe to the show if you have not yet on Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, all the places. Give us the likes, ratings. Keeps the show going. Let's other people know that it's there. So, Scott, well done today. Go have a drink, buddy. Get some sleep. And we will talk to you tomorrow night. See you then. And for everyone else out there, thanks for listening. We'll be with you tomorrow night. But until then, enjoy Championship Sunday and keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.